Welcome to Making Strides for Animal Chiropractic, where we promote integration and collaboration. Whether you are just starting your practice or you are ready to push the profession forward, we aim to provide you all the tools necessary to form relationships and educate your community. After all, spines of all sizes deserve to be adjusted. Welcome to our podcast and thanks for listening. Hey guys, this is Dr. Katie with Making Strides for Animal Chiropractic, and in this podcast episode, I want to talk a little bit more about the differences in small animal practice. Maybe you are looking at getting started in a veterinary practice, maybe you're looking at getting started in a human and animal mixed practice, or maybe you are interested in uh, doing a mobile practice, and I want to talk a little bit more about the differences between the three. But first, a quick word from our sponsors, iPoint Touch. You get up early each morning, you leave your house because you have a passion in your heart to serve the animals in your community. But it's not easy being an entrepreneur. You didn't dream about this life full of stress. When you come home, you should be at home. When you're at work, you should be at work. You shouldn't have to come home and work. You know, your passion keeps you focused on the next patient. You know, there are so many more stories of healing and you can't wait to get started touching lives and meeting new owners. But, you know, there's not all those endless hours for you to do that admin work. So iPoint Touch understands the passion um, and they want to help create solutions for you. So that way you can make the impossible possible and you can spend time touching lives and not spending endless hours doing admin work. To learn learn a little bit more about their systems for integrative veterinary medicine, go to iPointTouch.com and schedule a time with Carmi. She's going to give you the attention you deserve, offer a guiding hand, and decrease your stress so that way you can focus on what's important. Hey guys, this is Dr. Katie with Making Strides for Animal Chiropractic. And in this podcast episode, I want to talk a little bit more about the differences in startups that you may be considering. Some people are interested in doing house calls only, like they just want to make their own schedule, take only a few patients, and, um, you know, deliver great quality care to their pet. Um, and that's fine. I, I did that for a long time myself, um, but it, it does have its limitations. And then some people may be interested in working together with veterinarians and having an integrative experience for pets. I find it's really helpful for the pet to have that option because then they can get great care from two different professionals working together, which is awesome. And then um, other people may be interested in I want to be my own boss. I want to make my own rules, but I don't want to limit myself to only seeing pets. So they may have an office where they see humans and animals out of. Um, And there are some considerations with that. It's very high overhead, but it could be very rewarding for you. So I want to talk a little bit about the differences because uh, many people, they want to be an animal chiropractor, but they just don't know where to get started. So um, I personally was working out of a human practice as an associate for two and a half years, and then I did animal chiropractic on the side, if you will, um, as my side hustle. Um, I saw humans Monday through Thursday, and then every other Saturday, and then I'd see my pets on the weekend or whatever I could fit them in. And I saw a lot of small animals because they're just easier to travel to. Um, So I would see like maybe two or three dogs a weekend and then I'd go and treat humans and then I'd see like five or six dogs a weekend and then I'd go and treat humans and it grew to a point to where I was able to leave that full-time position and do house call animal chiropractic full-time and I did that for about a year or two and then it grew so much and I made connections that I eventually worked myself into working out of a vet clinic so or several vet clinics now actually so what's 
been really beneficial about doing house calls is I can make my own schedule. I can decide when I wear, what I want to do, when I want to do it, and I can say no to whoever I want, really, um, which is nice. But um, it is kind of limiting in that I feel like my patients need me. However, there's a lot of traveling, so I can only get to so many patients. When you are doing a house call model, you are pretty much limited limited to seeing about 8 to 10 appointments a day, like if you are going hard and fast. And I used to see uh, 40 to 50 humans a day, so seeing like a maximum of 8 seems like I feel like I'm not doing enough. I feel like I'm not serving enough of a demographic. However, I want you to consider that say you live in Dallas like I do and you service you know less than the area I do. Say you only travel up to 30 miles, which is about 30 minutes. Um, of a radius from where you live. I actually travel uh, 60 miles, you know, that's not to my own detriment, I guess. Um, But traveling to your your pet, um, your pet patient can be challenging because if you're driving to them, say that's 20 minutes, you have to consider 20 minutes drive time there, about a 20, 30 minute appointment, 10 minutes for notes, and then 20 minutes to get to the next appointment. So if you add all that up, it's a little over an hour for each pet each appointment. So after about four or five of those, you get kind of exhausted because you're driving to them. You got to write down your mileage and all that. And then you got to go and do the appointment. And maybe it's a new appointment. So you got to go through your your exam and your report of findings. And then you have to do the actual treatment. Then you have to hop in the car. You have to write down what you did. Hopefully you have time to do that. And then you have to get to the next appointment. And if you condense all that down, and you do that for five or six people a day, it, it can be exhausting, especially if you consider that you're sitting in traffic or, you know, you know, maybe you're driving really, really far. Say you're doing some horses and you drive two hours for just one horse, you know, so it can add up. It's a lot of windshield time. And um, personally, I love house calls because I can, you know, evaluate the home environment. Maybe it's a horse and they don't get enough pasture or uh, maybe I can see how they're in their stall and they aren't, uh, you know, maybe the bedding's not right for them or something like that. Or if they're a dog, I can see if there's slick surfaces that they're slipping on. I can see what the other dog in the house is doing in response to them. Um, And I, I get a better feel for the patient. The owner loves having the convenience there. Um, and the pet's often more comfortable in their own home. So there are a lot of benefits, but I am limited on how many pets I can take. So if I, on average, can only see about eight a day, um, and I only work five days a week, so that would be a max of about 40 patients um, for that uh, week. Yeah, yeah, 40 patients for that week. So if you count all that up, um, say you only do $50 an appointment, that kind of limits your income. Uh, So you have to charge accordingly for your travel. So I just want to set that expectation that your time is very valuable. And if you're spending an hour for each appointment, even though it's not FaceTime, an hour with each patient, you're still spending an hour on that appointment with everything in between, all the back-end stuff. It's important that you charge accordingly for that, for that quality experience that you're giving. Now, say you work up to a point to where you get into a vet hospital which is awesome for the pet because they're going to get more options. The worst thing about house calls that I did not like is I would only have me and I would only have the owner, right? And what I mean by that is if I only had me, 
I only have what services I offer. I could only do the adjustment. I couldn't, I couldn't say do any of the other stuff that the pet needed. Like owners all the time, could you please trim my pet's nails? No, I don't want to do that uh, because that's not my job, right? And also I don't want the pet to associate me with, you know, that. Um, and then there's other stuff like maybe the pet needs an x-ray. Maybe they need their anal glands expressed. Maybe they need this service, you know. So there's other services I could not offer that it was kind of limiting for me to do a house call and say your pet actually needs this and I can't offer that. So you have to schedule an appointment to do that. So it delays care um, that would be beneficial for the pet, the pet parent and the pet patient. Now, um, the other thing I didn't like about house calls that I love about being in vet practices is I didn't have to have the owner hold their pet. And if you work on small animal, sometimes large animal, you know this, uh, that animal is their baby. And if they're crying, screaming, hurting in whatever capacity, um, the pet parent it may not be able to hold that pet like they need to. Um, it was very, very, and is very hard for me to have an assistant to travel with me. Uh, it's just not very feasible because, you know, people got stuff to do instead of sitting in a car with me all day. Um, so it can be challenging for the pet parent to hold their animal down if they feel like it's hurting them. So what's nice about being in an office is I have a vet tech there who is willing and trained and able to keep me safe. Um, I find Many vet techs are much better at holding animals than the owner is. Like, I've had an owner holding their pet uh, for me, and we were, like, on a table because I didn't want to kneel down because there was hard floors and my knees kind of hurt. So uh, we had him on a table, and he actually jumped off the table at the house, and he hurt himself. Um, I've had other pets that the owner let go while holding on to them, and the pet bit me. And it's just, it's not a winning scenario when you're doing a house call and these things happen because it, you know, it's just not... It's not professional, really. So if you have a vet clinic and the tech's able to hold, um, and also they're able to offer these other services. So say the pet, Fluffy needs a nail trim, and I say, hey, Fluffy needs a nail trim. And the owner's like, well, I'm not going to do that. I don't have time. I say, well, I'm just going to take him to the back, and we'll go ahead and do it today. So not only is the owner happy because they don't have to do it, the vet office is also happy because they made passive income as well. So that's another thing about this is being in a vet office. Um, you just pay them to be in their office. So you pay rent or maybe you pay a commission fee, whatever it is. Um, you're in their office, you're not taking up a lot of room, and they're making passive income off what you're doing. So it's nice that they, they feel like they get to offer more services to their patients, and hopefully they're willing and able to refer to you as well. So that way the vet that's happy to sign a referral form or is happy to provide supervision is right there. Um, and they're also able, hopefully, to take on a couple of those patients that may need uh, you know blood work or an x-ray or can you just look at this mole real quick? Um, they're able to be there and offer a second opinion through a different lens that you may not be able to. I have had, um, you know, some cases where I'm like, I just want to make sure this isn't malignant. Uh, let's just go look at this real fast with a vet. Um, and so we can know if that pet needs to have a different kind of management. And the pet parents that I've talked to uh, working out of the vet hospital, they're very grateful that they have multiple providers working together on their baby. So that is something to consider as well. If you are having these pets coming in and you're integratively working on them, say 
uh, Dr. Smith at that hospital refers you Fluffy and Fluffy comes in limping and it's really bad and the owner's like I don't know what to do and the vet's like well I already prescribed NSAIDs and you said you don't want to do surgery um so the owner's looking to you and the vet's looking to you and then Fluffy comes in for visit number five he's no longer limping well then the vet and the owner and then you are all happy and it also moves the profession of animal chiropractic forward because the vet is right there seeing the great outcomes of these pets that you're treating under the roof so it's it's a win-win-win in my opinion and I really hope that uh, more animal chiropractors consider uh, moving their animal practice under a veterinarian's roof provided that you know it's the right fit with all the professionals because um, pets get better care integratively humans get better care integratively um, but it is to our benefit to work together uh, for the patient uh, the third way that you may consider working on an animal is um, having your own practice which is great you can work on whatever you want whenever you want um, and you get to shape you know your style of practice I have a buddy in Oklahoma it's a direct access state um, so he is able to see humans and animals out of his practice um, so what he does um, to make it feasible is he has his front desk staff help him with scheduling, of course, because if you're seeing both, that's a lot. Um, plus, you know, especially if you're like in a vet practice, instead of an hour for an appointment, it shimmies that down to about 15, 20 minutes per appointment. So say you're seeing humans as well. Well, that's uh, 15 appointment blocks for every sing single patient. So potentially you can see upwards of, you know, four to eight patients an hour. Um, so what he does is he has his front desk staff help him with scheduling and then he tries to book, uh, his humans like nine to 11 and then he books his pets 11 to 12 and then he'll have lunch and then he'll come back and two to, uh, two to four, he treats humans and then five to six, he treats animals. Um, so it's, it's a nice, um, balance between the two. He's never bored, right? He gets to serve a lot of different people and a lot of different pets. Um, but the reason he does this is um, it enables his front desk to help him with cleaning because if you have pets coming in uh, with humans at the same time, we know that animals have a propensity to making a mess. Say they poop or pee somewhere or say they there's dander. There's a lot more cleaning that comes into play. So you got to have your support staff help you with this because things have to be sanitary if pets and humans are in the same space. So um, depending where you are and what your laws are, um, that may not be allowed. So there are certain restrictions because humans have allergies, right? And you don't want to get sued for someone having, um, you know, an allergic reaction in your office, right? So I really recommend that you have, um, you know, flooring that is easy to clean. I recommend you have support staff that's willing to help you. And I personally, if I were to have my own facility, which I would love to work towards, I would have a separate entry for animals, like a room in the back, and then I'd have a separate entry for humans. So that way I would keep them separate at all times. So that way is, um, you know, in case you have that one person who doesn't like dogs in your office, they don't have to deal with that. Um, it is higher overhead though. You can see a whole bunch of patients, which is great, but it also comes with higher overhead. So you're paying for all the furniture, you're paying uh, the salaries of your front desk staff, um, you're paying for the electric and the heating and all the bills that come with it. Um, so if you are wanting to do this right out of school, you're probably going to have to write up a business plan and get a business loan in order to make this happen. So it's not wrong or right, but if you want to start out as a mobile practice and build up to a place to where you can afford to get your 
um, location started, that can, might be a little bit more feasible because I find a lot of grads getting out want to stay as low overhead as possible and they start mobile and then work their way up into a location. Um, I know some people that also do mobile house calls and they see the whole family, like they do the humans and they do the pet. Uh, but again, if you're doing that, uh, you have to consider it's going to take a whole lot more time. You may be limited to two or three uh, visits a day instead of eight because you're lugging your equipment in and out of the car and you have to charge accordingly for your time. So say you want to make $25 an hour, right? So if if I only charge 50 bucks for an adjustment, then I have to also charge for the time I spent in the car. So if I make $20 an hour um, doing the actual adjusting, then I have to ask an additional travel fee for the additional 30 minutes I sat in the car. So that person, although they paid $20 for the adjustment, they also have to pay an additional 10 for the time I, I sat in the car to get there. Um, hopefully that makes sense, but you have to charge accordingly because if you are limited by your time, you know, everyone has the same amount of time. And if I'm mobile and I can only fit four patients a day versus if I were in a practice and I can see 16 to 20 patients a day, I have to make it financially viable for myself in order to continue doing that. So I hope this podcast opened your mind to a couple of the different options available to you, whether you be, you know, mobile, whether you be in office with a vet or whether you be uh, wanting to open up your own location. There are several pros and cons to each of them. Um, but, you know, whatever it may be, whether you love being in a house, comfortable in a dog, their own environment, able to offer great quality care, whether you're in an office working integratively with a vet, able to offer all the services and take the best care of your patient, or whether you are in a facility offering care to all shapes, spines of all sizes, um, I want it to be the best fit for you and what works best for your schedule and your time. And I want you to be able to serve the demographic you want to serve. So this is Dr. Katie with Making Strides for Animal Chiropractic. I hope this gave you something to think about. Um, let me know what I can talk about to help you and your practice. You can reach me at uh, Making Strides for Animal Chiro on Facebook or Instagram. And I look forward to talking to you again very soon. Hey guys, Dr. Katie here. Thanks for listening. My intention behind starting this podcast was to build awareness and promote our amazing profession. If you like what we're doing here, please like, share, or leave a review. Help us to spread this movement so we all can begin to take steps towards change. Let's make strides for animal chiropractic.